ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, reptiles, amphibians, canines, felines, mammals. Val, give me another sort of uh, species. Marsupials. Marsupial. I always forget the marsupials. Amphibians. I, I'm sorry to all my marsupial friends out there. It's not that I I didn't forget about you because I don't love you. I love you all. I don't even know. What, Val, what's a marsupial? Is that like a kangaroo? Yeah, it's it's an opossum. Most of them are indigenous to Australia. I don't know why, but uh, kangaroos, koala bears, basically the animals with like the pouch situation. Got it, got it. <laughs> well, this is the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, folks. We should have done that up front, but we get right into the meat of the conversation and my curiosity. Yeah. Sort of, uh, I'm curious, as they say, like a cat, as they say, you know, sly like a fox sometimes, curious like a cat, your boy Tommy D. The nonprofit sector connector and host of this here show. Somebody's interrupting me right now. Who is that I with the beautiful the eyes, Val? Who is that right there? Speaking of cat, Phoebe <laughs> is now a regular. She jumps on my lap. She knows I'm coming in for the show. She crawls all over me. I have cat hair all over me. She she shows up before anyone else for this show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'll tell you, Robin. Hello, by the way. Welcome to Hi, the Animal Lover Show. Happy to have you. We get we get right into the silliness and shenanigans, which is kind of part of the show. Which it's not actually in the title of the show, or maybe it should be. But <laughs> what are we trying to do before we even get Robin really into the mix? Uh, we're trying to amplify the message that people who care about and advocate on behalf of animals want to hang out with other people who care about and advocate on behalf of animals. We talk about three things that we do here on the show. We talk about learning, educating, and advocating. And we believe that as we build this compassionate network, it's set up that we can support each other in business, support each other in advocacy, so that everyone wins. Especially the animals. Exactly. I love that the animals. So we, we have a lot of fun here. We bring on really cool guests that tell great stories and we try to get the word out on different legislation that's going on. Uh, we're involved with really speaking to politicians when it's appropriate and getting involved with, with that type of stuff. Val, did you have anything you wanted to just update folks on the legislative front? I know we have a picture of another cat you wanted to show. We'll, we'll get to that at some point. I'll say that part for the end. The legislative update that I have is very good news actually. Um, so Robin, we have been heavily advocating for, and uh, we hosted a call night and we have another one scheduled um, in support of the anti-puppy mill, kitten mill and rabbit mill bill, it all rhymes. Um, currently, yeah, in, in you know the assembly, New York State Assembly, um, it's so important because New York is such a, a prominent um, state in terms of the amount of, of stores that resell these animals in the retail world. And uh, we now have 75 co-sponsors. So for anyone who doesn't understand the significance of this, it's really simple. There's 150 New York State Assembly members. We now have half as co-sponsors of this bill. And there are a lot of bills that, that pass without this amount, not even close to this amount of support. So it is getting like, it is so close. We are so close. One more, we have majority but it has to get out to the floor. So if you haven't called, please call your New York State Assembly member. If you don't know who it is, you can go to nyassembly.gov, I believe, or just Google it and, and call the other legislators who have not yet sponsored the bill. Tell them that you're a New York constituent and let's get this done. This is huge. This is a big deal. Great. It's a big deal. You know what's great about this is this is something that I knew nothing about six months ago. 
and now you know we're doing a couple call nights and things like that and we're getting out there so you know i i i dare to call myself a junior advocate or at least a, an ait advocate in training and uh, i i say that kind of tongue-in-cheek but i say it because look it's about learning. It's about evolving. It doesn't mean you have the answers. So if you're plugging into this show, Professionals and Animal Lovers show for the first time, welcome. We're glad to have you here because yeah. this is part yeah. be part of the movement, make an impact. Uh, don't be intimidated. Nobody should be intimidated on this show or listening to us because I knew nothing. Now I know a little bit more than nothing about You've it. You've come a long way, Tommy, to me. But, so but again, it's about... Yeah, but it's yeah. about, it's immersion, Valerie, Hefron. You know, it's it's about being in, I, I could, I remember having a colleague of mine when I used to work, used to work for the big payroll company, ADP, and I had a friend, Michelle, and she worked at Chase Bank at the time. And we would go out on these meetings together. And after a bunch of months of being together on these meetings, I listened to her and she was talking about products that I was selling. And we walked out of the meeting that we had with the prospective client. And I said, what exactly was going on in there? She thinks, so she says, you think I'm sitting next to you for six months on meetings and I wasn't picking anything up. <laughs> and I said, Mikhail, you're right. I'm sorry. And that was that. She, she, she I, I got you it. Have picked I, up, I just, I just have to say this quickly and yeah. then I want to jump in with Robin, but you have picked up more in six months than I probably did in two years. So, oh, I had a great teacher. I had a great teacher. And, and mm-hmm. I cannot wait for you to submit your first foil. Woo-hoo. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, aluminum is my favorite. I'm sorry. I had to. I had to. I had to. Okay. No, I'll tell you something. I was watching like some, I, I, I don't know if I had on C-SPAN, but I saw the uh, things and maybe I was watching News 12 here on Long Island. And I just saw the inside of these meetings. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be at those meetings. I'm going to be Good. having those that's conversations. We need, we yeah, need and, more voices for the voiceless. As and, much yeah. voices for and the voiceless. Exactly. And Robin, just so you have an understanding, because this is really important for the show, but like, we decided to do this because we want we we want to support animal lovers through whether it's through rescue advocacy and business so all you know if someone is compassionate for the animals and they own a business i don't care if it's a pizzeria a jewelry store i don't care if they're a realtor i want to support those people can i tell you something can I, can, yeah. cuz i almost we did a post the other day and it was actually a, a little nugget of our first ever episode and I live not too far from, well, I live near several pizzerias, but I live not too far from a pizzeria that was our first guest on the show, Joanne's Gourmet Pizzeria. And I will tell you, in my whole life, maybe I had a slice or two from this pizzeria. In the last six months, if we ordered a pie, we ordered a hundred pies. I'm not kidding. We eat a lot of pizza here. That's a whole nother problem. <laughs> we like our pizza. And like one of my girls, one of my daughters called me the other day and says, can we, uh, can we order the pie from that place again? I go, which one? She goes, the, the, you know, the one that was on the show, the one you guys, the, the one you guys had on, with the pickle pizza, the whole thing. Shout out to Joanne's. But I, I don't even know Reno. I don't even know the situation if it's not for this show. So it's that. And so if you're looking for somebody who is supporting the animals and actually will take a punch for an animal, <laughs> Reno right. Di Maria of Joanne's Gourmet Pizza. Look back to that episode. It was, I think, September 1st of 2021. We can get wow. you to it. But what a pie. I mean, I, I had, I actually had three slices. We, I digre- I'll try to digress. A sec. I had three slices of it the other day. And what it is, Reno and team, it's the sauce. In this case, ah. it's, it's really the sauce. There's a little bit of a zing, a little, it's a little, not spicy, but it, it you know, it's a zinger. And I, I really, anyway, I enjoy that, but we bought a whole bunch of those pies as a result yeah. of Reno coming on the show. So, I like the pie too. So it's, he's a dog guy and we like the pie. So it kind of worked out well. Yeah. I, Robin, where, when we get you, when we hook up in the real world, we'll get you some, we'll get you a pizza. Where yeah, are you? I would love where, that. where in the world are you? I'm actually in Colorado, just outside Colorado Springs. 
Very cool. Very. I've been to Denver. Very cool part of the country for sure. So Very, let's jump in. I'm all excited. Always excited to talk to a petrepreneur because one of my favorite things to do is pet working. Um, and you know, we of course read your bio. Uh, for those of you who haven't heard, Robin is uh, an ex a, a, an official dog trainer with an extensive background and experience. She's one of the dog gurus, and partnered with Susan, Susan Briggs, they have put together their brainchild called RouglySpeakingDog.com. And Robin, you have to tell us about, you know, your background and, and you have a lot of, uh, you guys have a lot of background with uh, pet boarding places, right? right. Pet, what do you, what do you call pet care? Um, pet care, right. Yeah. And I have to tell you, I know some people have thought about getting into that. And, you know, by all means, like, what do you feel is important? What are the things that you feel like the, the must haves if you're going to be in that world, right? The things that you really have to lock down so that you attract the right customers and keep it safe, keep it clean, et cetera, for the animals. Yeah. So that's really kind of why I got into what I'm doing. I started out as a dog trainer. I still am a dog trainer. And I love the message of being an advocate for the dog because that's really what it's all about for us. We want to make sure that the dogs are well taken care of. Wow. And frankly, what most people don't realize is the pet care industry is completely unregulated. Most mm -hmm. people don't know that when you go to a dog trainer or you go to find a, a pet care service provider, like a groomer or a dog a boarding location or doggy daycare, those places are totally unregulated. So. Mm -hmm. It really is a buyer beware. I've seen amazing facilities and I've seen facilities where dogs are getting injured or even killed. Oh, and so my wanting nightmare. to be the voice for the voiceless, which you guys mentioned, it's just really important to me that pet parents get the right information so that they can do what's best for their dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So question. Val, oh, if, yeah, I could, yeah. if I could jump in, I just yeah, want to yeah. shout out, you know, Robin Bennett has a couple of books. Um you know, all about doggy daycare. And she collaborated on another book called Off Leash Dog Play. So like, let's just assume I have a dog and I don't. Uh, let's say Valerie does. So let's say Valerie and her husband want to travel and they love their little fur baby and they're besides themselves that wherever they're going, they cannot take Jovi, which I don't even know where Jovi is because Jovi used to be on the show, Robin, to be honest with you, like every week. Or as the kids, took over the show. TBH, that means to be honest, I learned that's a text thing. <laughs> but to, to be honest, like I used to see Jovi all the time. I don't see him anymore. I don't know if he and I are on the outs. I'm not really, he and Val might hang out all the time. And then the show comes on. He's like, dude, Tommy D, he's always trying to get, <laughs> he's always trying to get in the way. He's always trying to take the, the thunder. He'll make an appearance later he's, today. All right, so we'll see you later, Jovi. Right. So, so back to Val, I set up the story with details. People love details. It's very <laughs> dramatic. So, so they're going to go away. Jovi can't go with them. What are they looking out for? They go to check out a couple of these places that now I've just learned are unregulated, which scares the heck out of me. But yeah. we're getting, so they're, they're, what are the, what are the goods and the bads that they should be looking out for? I would say that one of the number one things is what, how have they trained their staff? Like what education does the staff have to even be able to manage dogs and understanding canine body language is probably the biggest thing they need to understand. 
but they also need to understand what's normal with dog behavior so that they can recognize if there's a health issue. They obviously need to have a lot of safety parameters in terms of the type of floor and the type of fencing and the type of enclosures they're using to make sure the dogs are safe as well. Mm. So what should I be looking out for as far floors and fencing that I don't want to see? Like, cause again, maybe I'm not in the know on this. I, I'm just the guy who has a dog. I would want at least six to eight foot high fences, especially on the outdoors. If there's an area outdoors that they have, I would want a facility that separates by so dogs by size as yeah. well as by how they play. So big dogs should not necessarily be playing with really tiny dogs. I would also want them to match my dog's temperament and personality with other dogs. So they should have some kind of a screening process wow. as opposed to just saying, oh, bring your dog in. We'll put them in with everybody. That's not necessarily the safest way to run a play group. Um, and then they should have some kind of supervision, um, either overnight staff or some type of safety fire alarm security measures to monitor things overnight if the staff's not there. All right, I got to pause you right there. We do have to take a quick break. Part of the show is we take some Already? breaks. Yeah, I know. This is what happens, oh, pal. We've been doing this a while. It's not the first show, kid. This is what goes on. You, you should know by now. When we, when, we, when we come back, though, I want to key in on, on that intake, if you will, or that sort of uh, interview or, like, what does that actually look like? Because I, I thought this is, and again, not this Tommy D, but six months ago, six, seven months ago, Tommy D would have been like, ah, you just dropped your dog off. You know, they got a, they got an app. We can watch the dog and make sure it's all good. I want to know in your experience what that looks like. So I, as a dog father or mother, when I bring them in, what I should be expecting. So we'll be right back. Robin Bennett is here. This is the Professionals and Animal Lovers show. And uh, come right back. 90 seconds. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
Dr. Pals, and I'm your pal, and that's over there is my pal Val, and our pal Robin is here. Lots of pals in my attic today. All right, I just had to Google um, CPDT-KA, which is Certified Professional Dog Trainer Knowledge Assessed, which means there was an exam there, which means there's a certification there. So it's a breadth of information that someone learns and is then able to, to, to train dogs, but also to educate other people. So Robin has that acronym behind her name. We've got a couple of books under her belt. And what we were talking about right before the break is what does that assessment look like as I'm looking at leaving my doggy somewhere overnight for a couple of days, maybe for a week. And I, I was just asking about like, you said matching temperaments of dogs, size of dogs. Robin, in your from your perspective, they should really be interviewing my dog as well as we interview them, right? That is exactly true. So they normally there's some type of a form that the pet parent would fill out. And then depending on what activities you want, the assessment might look a little bit different. For instance, if your dog is just going to come in for overnight lodging because you're going out of town and it needs a place to stay, they probably want to make sure that the dog is friendly with other people because obviously people will be handling your dog and taking them out for potty breaks and that kind of thing. They might want to find out what activities your dog likes. Does your dog prefer playing fetch or would they rather just sniff around? Would they want to take a walk like a nature walk while they're there? Or maybe they're going to be in a daycare environment and that daycare is a totally separate evaluation. So that's, that requires a little bit more um, information from you as well as in basically interviewing the dog as well to find out if they actually do enjoy playing with other dogs. And then mm -hmm. they also want to make sure that the dog is comfortable being away from home and not every dog is some dogs. It's better for somebody to be doing uh, pet sitting or dog walking in your home, as opposed to dropping your dog off at a facility. So wow. it just really depends on the dog, but they want to find that's out. Where all we of were, yeah. I mean, that's where we are. I, we've never boarded Jovi and I, I don't personally feel, I don't, I, I called around out of curiosity. Um, not so much for price, but like there was a new one that was highly advertised in our area. And I called out of curiosity and I asked a million questions. And not only that, we make our own dog food. So I was like, can we provide you with the dog food? Do you have a refrigerator? If we portion it out, all that stuff. And he also gets eye drops every day, you know? Right. So there's a few things that uh, are vital, but also he sleep, we sleep in the bed with him. He sleeps in our bed, I should say. And like, it's, it's something, I feel like he would be sad you know, if we just all of a sudden left him someplace and he was sleeping in his bed alone, no one at a doggy daycare is probably going to sleep with our dog. But, Look, um, everything comes at a price. Uh, I bet you yeah. there's, there's some kind uh, of premium place uh, like the Ritz Carlton, a doggy daycare. Well, how much do you think they would pay us? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> there are absolutely facilities that there's facilities that do cage free lodging. So the dogs are actually sleeping all together and many times uh -huh. they do have an overnight staff that sleeps with the dogs so yeah and there there's literally been daycares where i've consulted where i swear the dogs are staying in better enclosures than when i go back uh, to my yeah. hotel <laughs> i mean there's some really nice ones but i yeah. do think it does i do think you have to look at the dog because i do agree that some dogs are more comfortable at home but then yeah. even with those pet sitters or dog walkers that you might have come to your house those people still need education and training. So the, that's 100%. not regulated either. So really making yeah. sure that those people yeah. understand. And for me, the biggest thing that we always tell people to make sure that people understand is 
just how to read your dog, how to understand what your dog is saying. Because if you can see everything through that lens and understand when the dog is happy, when they're not happy, when they're stressed, you're going to be the best advocate you can be for your dog just because you understand what their body is saying. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So, is this the type of content and information that people can find at your uh, your new website and company? Um, roughly speaking, roughly speaking, dog R U F F L Y um, speaking dog dot com. Is this? It like- is absolutely. We Susan Briggs and I, the other co-founder of the Dog Gurus, we've been working in the pet industry for years, and we actually have staff training programs for pet care professionals. Well, we finally said we need to take that knowledge and get it out to the pet parent because the pet parent needs to know all this stuff. So that's what we've done with Roughly Speaking is we're really trying to educate pet parents, not just on training situations and not just on canine body language, but just overall how to build a better bond between you and your pet. All of our information is all based on positive training methods. So we're big advocates for using fear-free and force-free methods to just build a strong relationship. And there's so much information out on the internet now, it can be overwhelming. So we're trying to really say, look, this is proven stuff that we've used for years and years and years with pet professionals yeah. and we can help you as well. I love I, I love that so much. And for anyone who doesn't know, Fear Free is actually a certification also. Um, but, you know, uh, during COVID, I did some pet sitting because I was just, I was bored out of my mind. And I was like, all right, well, locally, maybe there's some people I can help out. And I obviously am a big animal lover. Um, One of the things that I struggled with was the fact that, you know, I would go to someone's house for a meet and greet. And I had certain people who, you know, they used shock collars, they used uh, the electric thingy. And they used also um, prong, a prong collar. And I, I broke my heart. I, I was like, oh my God, I don't think I can do this. Like I had this one couple, they had two larger breed dogs and they had the electric collar thing on them. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know. They wanted, they wanted to hire me. And I, I basically made pretend that I was booked, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but that's the truth because I felt so torn about it. I couldn't, I just couldn't be part of it. Yeah. Part. And I, I totally understand that. I'm what is considered a crossover trainer, which means over 25 years ago when I started, I used those tools. I used prong collars and choke collars because I didn't know any other way to train. And as I've learned and grown as a trainer, so for the last 20 some years, I haven't haven't used any of those. And I really think it's about off making sure people know there are other tools out there. Yeah, that you can yeah. use. Is there a fall off, Robin, in your experience? I'm assuming not. But is there a fall off in efficacy of using the the more? I don't know. You you tell me the word, but the the less fear inspiring or uh, the less positive brutal, reinforcement. Or, or, yeah, what like can you you when, know speak to that? Yeah, when you're using my experience is when you're using positive reinforcement, you're really working on building a a better bond with your pet. <clears throat> when you're using methods that are more unlikely to scare the animal or cause fear. They, I won't say they don't work. They absolutely work, which is why people use them, but they work at the risk of scaring your dog or intimidating your dog. Mm-hmm. And that inherently doesn't help you to build a bond with your dog, not the kind of bond that we really want. So, yeah. and the, and you can get the same goals using other methods. It's just, they haven't 
then they're not as widely known. They've become much more common in the mm-hmm. past decade, which is wonderful due to, you know, a lot of trainers who are out there promoting positive methods and then fear free, who is also promoting positive methods as well. So, but it's still, there's still a lot of people that don't know how to use those methods effectively. And so they fall back on, you know, the, some of yeah. the ones that are a little bit. And more I, don't, I, I don't begrudge, you know, a person such as yourself, just like, 20 years ago, I didn't know anything about puppy mills. I had never right. even exactly. made that connection. I went, I walked into a, a pet store once to kind of kill some time. I remember in Lindbrook, I was waiting for a friend who was running late for pizza. And I just walked in because of course I want to be around the puppies, you know, but now, I mean, I haven't set foot in a pet store who sells puppies in, I don't know, 10 years, but yeah, we evolve, you know, right, but that's the and compassion Val. I mean, that's the compassion of what we're trying to do here. Like, yeah. you know, no one on our show, well, certainly not, you know, us in the approach to the world with this show is are we trying to scold anybody for anything. It's a matter of learning. It's a matter of, I mean, my we're first, evolving. Thought, right. Yeah, right. My, I, I, I think I've shared on the show, but I'll say it quickly. Our first dog, whose name was Michelob Light, because you know, <laughs> I, love I, that. I used to drink Michelob Light, uh, which is ironic because he was a Chihuahua, so it probably should have been Corona. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or Dos Equis, but I at the time had three or four earrings in my ears and I was going to get another earring. And uh, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, um, this is like 22 years ago or something, where we go into Roosevelt Field Mall here on Long Island. And I never knew they had a pet store. And I'm not sure they had a pet store 90 minutes after we bought the dog. I think I think they saw two suckers. They sold them a chihuahua and they closed the door. And they it was like when George Jetson used to put his whole office into a thing. I think they shut the whole store up into a suitcase <laughs> and walked away. But we we did buy a chihuahua. Not only did we buy one, we financed the chihuahua. Um, <laughs> but he, when we got Mickey, which his name became, because why? And then his name became Michelobe, because why would you call him and you gave him to begin with? We don't even do that with people, right? So um, he... Uh, so I did get my ear pierced later after we bought the dog, but he was like a pound and a half. Like he was tiny. He was like, you know, and we, he, it was around for about 14, 15 years. Um, and he got to like eight pounds, like a big, big, and he had like the attitude of somebody who was like 128 pounds, you know, <laughs> you know yeah. he, was like, he was a They pain. all do, all the little you know? tiny oh ones. Oh my God. Right. But he, you know, but he didn't, you know, he didn't know how little he was. I did, but he, yeah. um, you know but at the time we didn't know we weren't even in the store to buy a dog we were just a cute couple who was like oh let's go look at the dogs right and the next thing you know we got a dog um but 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 that's where the education comes in and so learn advocate that's what this that's what this show is about right so was there i believe recently pet smart or uh pet co one of them recently banned prong collars they're no no longer selling prong and electric whatever yeah. yeah I believe that yeah one of the two bigger stores did actually do that just recently right I'm gonna have to look that one up because uh, yeah let's find I, out who that is Val because we got to give him a shout out because that's a big that's a big deal that's yeah. really a, a big and we deal. should get them as a sponsor while well, we're at it we should, do that. <laughs> we should do that as well let's give him a shout out and then we'll and then we'll send them an invoice yeah um, <laughs> so we're gonna take another break in a second or two here but Robin when we come back I really want to talk about um you know this the community that you're building and and how um like are you still training do you do one-on-one training right now at this point yes i do not do that much of it most of what i do now is helping pet care facilities staff 
learn mm-hmm. how to train. So I still do some training on the, in that. So it's realm. more like, so it's training their staff. So it's more, right. it, correct me if I'm wrong, but consulting with these organizations that, that do the pet care and you're behind the scenes, you're like, oh, I don't know, their guru behind the scenes, <laughs> exactly. helping them kind of do this stuff and facilitate the training that they need. All right. So I want to learn how you, you know, what the community actually provides to somebody who wants to become a member. As you say, the pet parents, you want it. I'll say, empower them with the same information so they can take right. care of the stuff at home. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about a bit about that community, roughly speaking, when we come back. This is Pals, Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. We'll be right back. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. professionals and animal lovers show all right so here's the thing i i think it's the coolest and i'm still sharing your website which uh you all can check out if you're not seeing it right now on facebook but i shared it on facebook for you later roughly are you ff lys speaking well actually not s speaking but <laughs> roughly speaking dog.com check it out later on um I, I love a play on words. I love a good play on words anytime. So that's always fun. But I think, Robin, what is cooler in the world than doing something you totally dig, haha, like digging like a dog? But what is <laughs> what is cooler than just kind of totally vibing all day and being a world in a world that you just love and you're able to turn that into a profession? Is there anything cooler? It is pretty amazing, actually. And 20 some years ago when I got started, almost 30 now. Um, I didn't know that's what was going to happen. I started training dogs. I was in the Marine Corps and started training dogs on the side and didn't realize people would pay me for that. (laughs) So, and thank you for your service, Robin. Thanks. You're welcome. 
I have I, I, I have to say I get it now because um, I've always been an animal lover, but now that we're doing this podcast and everything, this is hands down my favorite hour of every week. And I say that to everyone because it's it's the absolute truth and I'm sad when it's over. Um, but so I wanted to also just get back to roughly speaking because um, you know, for anyone who's who is listening, I mean, we all we all Google for information for our pets. And you're right, you know, there's so many things that come up on any given search that you don't know what to listen to, what not to listen to. And so if, if you want to talk a little bit about like make pretend I'm, I'm interested in being a member, what do I get? What is it? So when you join, roughly speaking, you get, first of all, you get access to another community of pet parents. So that's always fun because we always like to share what we're doing with our own dogs. So other like-minded people, you get access to our entire library of curated content. So every month we have a certain focus. Um, This last month, we talked about just safety. When you take your dog out for a walk, we're going to talk more about that, how to break up, you know, situations, how to read your dog's body language. So you can tell if he wants to be at the fireworks or the picnic that you might want to be taking him to. So every Mm -hmm. month there's a certain focus and you get blogs and videos and um, PDF downloads to based on that focus. And then you also get access to asking any questions you have of me and Susan. So you can go into our Facebook group and ask us questions anytime, which we'll answer live, or we'll jump on a Zoom call with you or a Facebook live with you within that protected community. Mm-hmm. So it's a safe place to talk and learn. And then we also do product reviews. So products that we know work that are um, sold by companies that are have good values and we've seen them tested in daycares all across the world so we know Mm. they're going to hold up so we have a lot of ideas on that and then just information about um, what to feed your dog how to find the right food for your dog or what to do if you want to do a homemade food you know is that an option because we talk a lot about that kind of thing and then Mm. obviously answering questions on behavioral or training issues as well. So you really get all those questions that you might be Googling. You can go into our site and find those answers, but you have it all in a one-stop shop and all information that's been vetted that we know is going to be positive and helpful and help you build a a better bond with your pet. I think you're saying, you know, the bigger part for me that's coming out, obviously the access is hands down the access to you and Susan and the community. But yeah, I can find a lot of stuff on Google, but I can also find the exact same opposite points of view on the same topic. And it's right. like, well, now I have access to great to two points of view that push me in the opposite direction. Now, what do I have? So I want to leverage the smarts of other people who have been down this road and, and whether they be yourself and Susan, but I would, you're probably going to say, admittedly, the community is just as important because these people know things, right? Exactly. Absolutely. I know there's so so much information out there and it is very, it can be very conflicting. And a lot of it comes down to also your gut uh, as I'm imagining any kind of parent, human parent, cat parent or dog parent, you know, but like, for example, uh, Robin was talking about, there are very much a lot of people and trainers who use, you know, prong collars, shock collars, et cetera. And they'll make the case for why it works and why you should do it, et cetera. But if in your gut, I know this, I don't want my dog to be afraid of me. I don't want my dog to fear me. You know what I'm saying? Now, he may not always listen to me. That's true. Come here. Jovi wants to say hi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> What's up, Jovi? Welcome but back. That's also, Valerie, that's also why one of our biggest 
uh, discussion points. And one of my biggest beliefs is that if you can teach the pet parents how to read their dog, they -hmm. can make every decision in the best interest of their dog. So if you're in a training class and your dog is suddenly looking fearful or backing away or hiding, then you know that whatever's happening in that instance, that is not something your dog likes. Mm -hmm. Um, Same thing when you take your dog to an an outing somewhere, you know, maybe you take it to the beach. My dog happens to love the beach, but I've seen dogs that are scared of the waves and don't want to be there. Fireworks, same thing. There's some dogs that are fine and other dogs that are scared to death. But if you truly know how, what your dog is saying, you can make the best decisions for their dogs. And that's why one of our biggest points of education is body language. Yeah. I got to ask you that Robin, because that's like, that, that seems like, you know, there's hundreds of books put out by like CIA, past CIA operatives and things like that, how to read a person like a book, all these types of things. Where can, how do we direct folks aside from the obvious, like you just said, the dog is backing away. They're not digging what we're doing. You know, that's kind of an obvious one, but, uh, or they're cowering in the corner or the tail and whatnot, you know? So are there, is there certain resources that you direct people to, whether it be through your community or otherwise about how to learn how to read our pets and what they're thinking? There are, we actually have a program in the dog gurus called knowing dogs, which actually helps to teach canine body language, which pet parents can take that program as well. We're Mm going to be doing a version of that for specifically for pet parents as part of roughly speaking that as well. We're in the process of recording that right now, but Mm -hmm. we've got a lot of information that's out there. The book off leash dog play, which you had mentioned earlier, has a lot of those canine body language signals in them in it as well, just to learn some basic understanding. And, and you're right. People know the really obvious ones, whether the dog is happy or sad, they know those really obvious, what we would call green behaviors versus red behaviors, but there's yellow, which is in the middle, which are are a lot more subtle signs that most people totally ignore. And if you can understand those yellow signals, you'll have such a better relationship and understanding of your dog. Hmm. Now I and now I'm like, oh, I have more to learn. The more I learn, the more I realize I have a lot more to learn. I think I that's you, true. I definitely think that's true. Yeah. With but I love it. I mean, who doesn't love learning about this? I, I know for us, um, when we took Jovi to the beach in Long Beach uh, one night, shh, we're not supposed to because there's no like dog friendly beach in Long Beach. But anyway, arrest <laughs> me. Um, so it was really easy to figure out that he doesn't like the beach because he just stopped walking. He's like, Nope, <laughs> not going to go anywhere, you know, and, and I mean, sometimes he'll do that too. If we're out on a walk, we've been walking like an above average length of time. Sometimes he'll just sit down. He's like, I'm done, <laughs> you know, and then we have to pick him up and carry him. But anyway, <laughs> there's, there's a lot to learn. Thankfully, he's only 22 pounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Val, do you have- horrible though. He is. Uh, look at that. Is he wearing a bow tie today? Or is that He's just got like a, a little bandana on. He's like a little fluffy. I, I woke him up from his nap for you, Tommy DeMisa. See how well, he's a little like hungover? So, <laughs> so Jovi, Jovi, I'm glad you're here, bud. But I, I will just point out, she woke you up for me. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of the bigger deal, dog. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Robin, this is so fun. So what what would you want to direct people to to kind of like learn more? I shared the website for Roughly Speaking, although I totally butchered the way you spell it all out, but it is rough, like R-U-F-F, Lee, L-Y speaking. Um, but tell us a little bit, like, what are some of the takeaways that people really need to know about? 
I would say really learning, learning, learning about, like you guys talk about education about your dog. Um, some of the biggest things in terms of reading your dog is looking for those, like I said, yellow signals, which are yawning can be one mm -hmm. lip licking where the dog lip licks their lips a lot, um, mm -hmm. is another one that's more subtle that a lot of people don't recognize. And sn even sniffing and scratching that's outside the context of the dog actually being itchy. Um, you'll see yeah. a dog that sometimes will just stop and just feel the need to sniff something or scratch something. And there's nothing wrong with the dog. Sometimes those are displacement behaviors. Mm. So I would be looking at things like that. If you take your dog someplace and they're hanging out in between your legs or under your legs or under a picnic table, that's probably a sign they don't want to be there. So mm -hmm. I would look at those things in terms of reading yeah. your dog. And then in terms of looking for a facility or a pet professional, asking about their education, how they've been trained. Do they understand canine body language? I would look at staffing. So if your dog's in a daycare environment, I would want the staff to be at least one staff member to every 10 to 15 dogs. Mm -hmm. And then space, I would look at for daycare as well. So making sure there's enough space, which is essentially for a group of dogs, you want at least 50 to 75 square foot per dog as in terms of spacing. So those are things to look for when you're actually looking for a daycare provider for your pet. You know, it's amazing, Robin. My dog yawns I, like 20 minutes before it'll it'll start raining with um, like a thunderstorm. He'll start yawning. He knows and and doing. He shows us his signs of stress. He'll yawn. He'll um, shake a little bit. You yeah. know and. But I mean, they can sense it way before us. But yeah, the yawning thing is is definitely one of our uh, yellow signs for him. He's yeah. probably yeah, better. That recognize that. Sorry, he's probably better than than like the local weather man or woman who can't between, really. Get, yes, between we can probably give him a gig on the news. Yeah, between between my dog and my hair, we are a hundred percent accurate. <laughs> On thunderstorms. <laughs> oh, and so we learn, we educate, and we practice meteorology right here on the program every week for you. Um, that that's funny. Um, Robin, I want to ask you a quick question, and we got to go to another break. And I know you got to leave us in a short time, so we'll come back and then we'll let you go. Uh, but I, I just, um, I don't know if you do this already, and and I, and I'm wondering if your background and the reach you have nationally, if not, I, we didn't ask, but maybe internationally with the consulting work you've done and the guru work. But like, if I was looking in a certain community, is there a way, do you have a cherry picked vetted list of these providers that I can go, Hey, look, I'm going to be out in Colorado. I'm going to be in Colorado Springs. Sure. That's home. That's home turf for you. But like, you know where I'm going? Like you have yeah. these ones that, that kind of check the box. We, we have a list that we can provide to people who email us, but what I would do, there's another organization similar to CPDT, which is my training organization that I'm certified through, there's an organization called PAC, the Professional Animal Care Certification Council. PAC certifies individuals and, who work at pet care facilities. So I would be going to that facility and saying, are any of your providers or managers or owners certified through PAC? Spell mm. it for me again, P-A-C-C-C. Uh, and it's the Professional Animal Care Certification Council. Love it. Mm. So I would want to say, are any of your folks PAC certified? Exactly. And they go, huh? 
well then I go I gotta go man yeah, exactly <laughs> and you can do a search on PAC's website as well for, sure. for, yeah. for certified providers that's, that's awesome I'm glad Good I information. have information yeah PAC. that's so cool we'll come back we'll give it another minute or two of Robin because I know you have somewhere to be right after this so this is Professionals and Animal Lovers show Dylan take us a break Jovi's here Robin's here Val and Tommy D will be right back <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. So thank you for being here, everybody. Thanks for coming to the show. Thank you for coming to the show. I just made that one up right on the spot. Wasn't even prepared for it. All right, so I did just share something. Robin, thanks for being a resource to us. You just shared the P-A-C-C-E-R-T.org. So I just put that on Facebook. I tagged you as a quick thank you. So if you're listening to us on uh, Facebook, Talking Alternative Broadcasting, you can check all that out. So Robin, we know you actually have somewhere to be right after this. So we're going to let you... Uh, kind of cut you loose as they say um but where leave us with something that you want the people to know about how to follow you how to connect with you and even another tidbit that you want to share sure well i just want to help anybody who's out there interested in learning more about their dog and building that stronger relationship can reach out to me they can find me at roughlyspeakingdog.com or they can email me at robin r-o-b-i-n at the as well. And I'm always happy to just talk to people about their pets. So definitely reach out to me. If you are interested in opening a pet care business, I can help with that as well. So I um, appreciate you guys bringing me on. I love what you're doing and I love helping you to be a voice for the voiceless. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you yeah. so much. I, I will tell you, you, you know, because I can't help myself, 
as this show was continuing to go on, I thought of an awesome place to put a pet care facility in a <laughs> resort area where, you know, people cannot bring their dogs, but they maybe right. they leave them somewhere. So because I have zero hours left in every single day, I come <laughs> up with more and more ideas. So, so we'll, we'll have to talk about that if I can anoint somebody to do it, if I can <laughs> come up with the idea and, and do, do that stuff. So Robin, so cool to meet you. Thanks for being here. We're, we're excited yeah. to have you as part of this community. And uh, you know, you're going to do your own show right now. So uh, I know we it's wish starts- you the best, Robin. <laughs> Thank you. You have a Thanks show coming up. So we'll here. see you soon. All right. All right Thanks, Thanks, Robin. Have a Bye. great day. Bye. Oh, oh my so God, cool. Val. What are we going to okay. do? What are we going to do? We've never been in this predicament where we have time and we have no one to interview. Will we come I have up an idea. Oh, let's do something. Go ahead. <laughs> Remember that picture I sent you? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. All right, why don't you? I will find it. It's on my. Uh, I'll I'll share it. You can you talk? How about that? Okay, perfect. So <laughs> this week, um, I want to highlight a story that's very very near and dear to my heart, um, because through my animal advocacy, um, I had kind of stumbled onto this pattern of behavior at the town of Hempstead Animal Shelter, which is. Since at least 2017, that's how far back my foils go. Foil, um, Val, help them with a foil. What does that mean? Okay, so a foil is just a request that you're legally entitled to. It stands for the Freedom of Information Law. So if you have a question, it could be anything. It could be about, um, you know, if there's liens on a home that you're interested in buying. It can be if you, uh, I've foiled so many things. But most of my stuff is animal shelter related. So the point is this beautiful cat right here, her name is Gina, was almost a victim of the town's, in my opinion, cruel pattern of behavior, which is they periodically and systematically pick 10 cats at their shelter and they send them off to a feral, this is a very important word here, a feral cat sanctuary in Maryland, okay? These cats are indoor cats. They do not have the ability to survive. They don't, they've never done that before. They've never lived tooth and nail. They're used to, by definition, even if they're just at the shelter, they're used to being in having heat in the winter, air conditioning in the summer, getting fed every day, fresh water. They're used to having their space and they're used to having, you know, litter and everything being done for them. So for years, the town has been shipping out an average of 40 cats a year to a feral outdoor sanctuary. So wait a minute, they've been treated, let me stop you, because this is me trying to figure out what the heck is going on. So you're saying that these animals have been kept inside, okay, mm -hmm. in, the, mm -hmm. in the facility for mm -hmm. months or sometimes longer than that? Yeah, and, okay. and sometimes, sometimes, I mean, it's heartbreaking. There was a cat, there were two cats, a bonded pair. One was six, one was nine. Auntie and sister were the mm. names. The owner died. Mm. According to the town's notes, these cats lived, they were born inside the home and they lived there for their entire lives. So they're domestic died. cats. So the domestic they, cats, they get yes. picked up by the cat catcher <clears throat> or whatever, right? They're in there and then they get they they get this, they won the lottery, like uh, like you know, the hunger games. And now we're gonna yeah. send these indoor animals out to make it in a feral community but it's a nice feral right. community but they're not outdoor animals so they it's they a, have no there's idea there's no such thing actually as a nice feral community because uh it is a very 
um, stressful and traumatic thing, whenever cats change their environment in general, like everyone who's a cat lover is completely against, they don't, they, that's why you, when you TNR, you are released, you're returning the cat to their environment right. because they know how to survive there. Okay. So just think of it like this. Imagine if you, as an adult who has lived your entire life with a house, you know, uh, you know where to go for food, you know where to go for shelter. And all of a sudden, someone drops you off in the middle of the Amazon. Yeah, it's like that show. You ever see that show, Naked and Afraid? No, thankfully, but but it's like a contest. Days. But it's like that. Yeah. It's like it's like yeah. you've never seen the show, but I'm telling you, right? That's we don't have the skills. We don't yeah. have the skill. I'm dead in the Amazon. So are you? So so is. Uh, it I mean, I, I, I would last for like thirty minutes. <laughs> no, like. Yeah, I'd uh, run, and then after I can't run anymore, it's over. Your analogy of the Hunger Games is very good. And mm -hmm. I will tell you, so this cat, getting back to Gina, she was slated. Uh, they referenced her in an email, which I was able to foil, that she was going to be on the list of cats to be shipped off to this feral cat sanctuary, okay? So she came from a home. It was a hoarding house. They got her to the shelter. The shelter then was looking to dump her two months later to a feral cat sanctuary. I don't know what happened, but somehow she escaped that moment just by the grace of God, by luck. Maybe it was an oversight by a staff member. She was still at the shelter. When we realized that this cat had basically a target on her back, we started kind of planning behind the scenes, what can we do to save her, okay? So we got someone who was a very experienced foster for cats to go to the shelter she wanted to foster her she was talked out of it she basically was told that this cat's really feral and also she she might have been exposed to ringworm okay so fast forward and to make a really long story short this poor cat had evaded had evaded a uh, ringworm twice she didn't get sent to the sanctuary by a stroke of luck or god and then in April, last month, another rescue decided to pull her from the shelter, which rescues do. Rescues will go to shelters and say, we'll take this animal, we'll take this dog, and they'll work on getting them adopted. Gina was adopted like that. Yeah. And she's friendly. She loves being pet. She does figure eights around people's ankles. Mm -hmm. This cat never should have been slated to go to a feral cat sanctuary. She never would have survived. And I, for one, am speaking directly right now to the town of Hempstead board, specifically Supervisor Don Clavin. He has the ability to issue an executive order saying cease and desist from this practice because it is cruel. And obviously, there's no real discernment uh, involved when determining which animals are going to be sent and which ones are not. Well, maybe there's a reason for this. Maybe Mr. Clavin and folks want to explain what's going on. And if you ever do, it's called the Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. We'd welcome you to come on the show and have a discussion. Uh, maybe my co-host shouldn't be here that day, but I <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll conduct the interview. But we do in all in all seriousness. I would welcome that opportunity. Yeah, we would welcome because this is a this is a nonpartisan show. This is a nonpartisan conversation. Right. These right. are important things that need to be discussed. And I would say sometimes these politicians, because I give people the benefit of the doubt, might not even know that this stuff is going on hold it Val but might not even know some of this stuff is going on and we would welcome you into this conversation at this point I would like to just say one quick thing which we will look into because our producer uh, Dylan just shared an article with me about 
uh, human rights, uh, excuse me, a non-human rights pro- project, an organization staged a rally at the Bronx Zoo trying to uh, release a, um, an elephant named Happy from her small captive enclosure. We will look into this, Dylan. I appreciate the share. We're I know the lawyer involved on that you case. All right, so why don't we, so, she, so who's that lawyer? Can you? Um, Liz Stein. Liz, we'd love to get you on the show. Talk about happy and other and elephants. I like elephants. I think. And Don Clavin does know, by the way. I'm just going to say that, but it doesn't mean he can't do anything about it. Don, we would still love to meet with you. Um, I'm kind of a big deal here on Long Island. Just ask me. I'll tell you all about it. All right. So listen, this is the professionals and animal lovers show. We leave you as we do each and every single week with this from Mahatma Gandhi, and we say the greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. I say this, let's be greater than we have been. Shout out to Gandhi. Give him a yay, Gandhi. Val. Yay, Gandhi. Woo. All right, we'll see you guys next week. This is your pals, Tommy and Val. Bye. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges that's the edge of every day on mondays at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life hi i'm pat duckworth women's health strategist and host of the hot women rock radio show empowering women leaders at menopause join me every thursday at 10 a.m eastern time 3 p.m uk time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. 
Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.